I love milk. I love milk so much. Welcome everyone and pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 144 entitled Leah Llewellyn. Leah came into our world when she began dating Joe Mitlow just over one year ago. She's a great young lady with a bright future and a challenging past. We look forward to having her at the table this evening. Pull up a chair at the table and join us. First time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media. And if you would, please give us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? No matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, they're not as good as they could be. And if things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week, we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning. Then we hit the main topic. So while it may not be 1215 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome. Hey, boys. Hey, buddy. And lady. And lady. Uh, and lady. Different lady this week. Right? Not Chris. Oh. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Kidding. Oh. Kidding. He's not here. He's not well. He's not here to be made fun of. That's true. We make fun of him to his face. Too much. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with my bad first. Um, Amy and I have been really busy, and I feel like we've been, like, ships in the night kind of thing, just mm-hmm. passing, you know, in the night. And uh, that's been kind of crummy, and I feel like we've just kind of given each other, like, leftovers of each other lately, and uh, we could use a break. Well, I like leftovers. Oh, well, yeah. Well, they're good. <laughs> After the main course. Yeah, yeah right. Wait, you can um, use a break from what? Just, well, you know, we had COVID, and we were stuck here with Megs, and, like, right before covid hit we had planned this little you know yeah that didn't getaway night and that didn't happen so we got to reschedule that um so it's just been just been a lot of that and it's been you know not great um so but we did have my good is we went to see a band called the war on drugs and it was fantastic and i the only way i can describe it is like this tidal wave of sound just coming at you like just Mm. what kind of music uh like indie bluegrass <laughs> no like indie rock um they have a there's a there's it's there is a, a niche a lot, of, a lot of layers to it yeah and there's it's it's a lot of electronic but also like really like but acoustic not heavy too. guitar but and, like like layered guitar sounds it's, and, it's and it really is beautiful they have four right. keyboardists yeah but they Seems also like a lot but they, then they also like the keyboardist also played something else like guitar there was a, a saxophone player it was really good um and it was just a great show and we had it well, i got tickets from work and uh so we sat in the american eagle box nice front row up on the balcony Man. right in the middle at just, arena or bam at stage e oh stage e. yeah so and i like i like that show never I like, been it's 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 a good venue and uh and it was just a great night, just us two, and we had so much fun. And um, 
And I think what? it's funny because you're like, we're just getting leftovers of each other. And then you're like, I know. We had an entire was, night together I, yeah. where we sat front row. But other than that, that's, that's not the way me it's been. Your no, right, 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 right. Sorry. Uh, I celebrate that, though. And we, like, then Amy's parents, Maggie slept over Amy's Ooh. parents for the first night ever. Um, and that went really well, which is awesome, which is really great because that, because I think, I think, I think Amy's mom was yeah. a little nervous of having her overnight for the first time, you know, sure. you know, cause how's she going to be? She's going to be, you know, up all night or whatever, but she slept 12 hours. I was like, why don't you do that? Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so like <laughs> as good as bad. Right. Um, and that, that was, that was really good. Um, food wise, uh, Honestly, I don't really have a food this week. It's all right. Um, yeah, I really don't. Just meals, like I said last week. Meals. I did. I did for Tuesday night. I brought uh, shrimp cocktail. Shrimp and I just love shrimp cocktail. Shrimp peas. Shrimp peas. They're so good. They are really good. See, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Brian. How you doing? I'm doing so well. That's awesome. Thanks. Um, I think we'll go with my good, which is I've been doing a lot of writing. Um, which is really cathartic to me. I just love to write and uh, it works a lot of things out and it makes me feel productive and um, it's constructive. It's a great way to constructively work out my feelings and, and yeah. thoughts and emotions rather than um, not do it that way. Um, so that's been really good. And um, then I would say my bad, it's it's a dumb bad. It's But I, I, I think I got scammed today. Uh. What? I went on Facebook Marketplace to. Uh, to yeah. I went yeah. on Facebook Marketplace because I'm I'm get, trying to get rid of a piano, um, and so somebody was you know I was talking to somebody about the piano and then I saw it, I was like oh well I'm here I'm gonna look for patio furniture you know just because mm-hmm. like it's been in my mind you know like I said I have two seasons I have pool and summer season and Christmas and I have Christmas right. so <laughs> anything else revol- it, it all revolves around those so I was thinking like summer pool patio patio furniture we don't have good patio furniture so I went on to Facebook marketplace and saw this deal and if I didn't get this deal within six minutes it was, ah, it was a timer six oh, five four man and the pressure's on. it was like a $500 set for $99 oh. free shipping. Still enough that you think it's legit. And, and it really did look, it was like a, it had caught it. Like it was a Costco website and I'm still hoping it's legit. I don't think it's legit because I never got a confirmation email. I don't think it's legit. Bro. It's definitely it's not. not very and legit. then when I went on to the site, like it's How like much information did you give them? We happy to sell you stuff. And like just the way that they phrase certain wasn't, things, you're like, oh, man. I, went to, I, I went to the links, like um, the social media links, never let, they didn't lead anywhere. So mm. I told Lex, I was like, look, we got to keep an eye on this charge. Yeah. And, keep your, keep an eye on that bank account. But I was like, I was like, I could have gotten all this patio furniture with like a pro, like one of those propane, like, you know, fire pit things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get solo, it. Solo stove. Maybe I'll get it. Wouldn't it Maybe. be amazing in like five years it shows up at your house? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. And like the first thing I did was contact support and it was just like oh, yeah, the worst email. Yeah. As soon as I sent it, it was like it bounced back. I once bought during uh, the lockdown, I bought Joe a push-up board where it wasn't. I thought you were going to say push-up bra and then I had some other questions. <laughs> no, his chest is nowhere near that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we go. So, Here and it are. was like where you, you put the handles in different positions to work different muscles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it was like thirty four ninety five. Yeah. Never got it. No, no. And it was, it well, was, see, an, and it was on an ad. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't on marketplace. Oh, paid scam. Right. <laughs> but and I have then, hope because I bought, 
hockey jerseys, like legit like, from this same company. Not from the same company, oh. just one of those things. It's where a it's similar like, thing. Like, as soon as you hit send, you're like, "There's ah, no customer service." I just got scammed. Yeah, but then it came. Like, right, two months later. That's probably why I got eight friend requests from you today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm behind. See, that's God telling you once again, stay off of Facebook. Uh, that it's exa- mm. Facebook just keeps getting sh- strikes against it from me. Um, my meta, by the way. Mm. My food would be, um, I do protein shakes in the morning mm-hmm. and I- I've been doing, um, the, like one thing of powder and then I do whole milk, which is what we drink. And then I big I've been, milk family. I love milk. I love milk so much. <laughs> I-, I drink beer, milk, water, and that's about it. Um, but so I'll, I'll fill up the thing with a lot of milk and then I'll top it off with sweet cream. I get this big thing of sweet cream at Sam's club and it makes it so good. And like, I, I, I look forward to it every single morning. I wake up and I'm like, I am so excited uh, to drink this protein shake. Um, the other day, um, I put in bold cold brew that Santa mm. brought Lex for Christmas. So that's mm. still in the, in the fridge. And I put that in there Oh man, what a game changer! Oh man, <laughs> you're so excited! Like you were like, it worked! I, it was so good. <laughs> mm. So wait, what's so, that again? Huh? Whole milk, sweet whole, cream, whole milk, sweet cream, protein powder, like, okay, and cold brew. Yeah, there's this no big there's brew. this big tub of protein powder that you can get is at Sam's like, Club. Is it? Does it taste like anything? It's like a chocolate malt. So it, it, okay, it, so you got it, like a mocha going on. Yeah. Okay. But then you add the the cold brew, sweet cream mocha, dude, cold brew. Boom. But I, I, like, it's one of these things where like you drink it and you're like, I can't do this all the time. Like this is this could be an addiction. Yeah, this could be bad. You're like I'm gonna have this for what's lunch with, too. Well, yeah, you can't have it <laughs> multiple times a day. But what's wrong with having it every day? Um, I don't know. It could be what? like your your breakfast that you just have every right. day. Right, you talk you me into it. it. You just talk me into it. Well, so. you know, and you've been having it every day. Well, all my, you did minus was the coffee. Coffee. Right. Well, so what? But yeah, I also what's drink the two cold? Cups How much nothing? I drank two cups of coffee in the morning anyway, so maybe I'll just back it down to one and a half. Wait, what? Actually, it's what's cold brew? It's like nothing. It's sure. Yeah. Well, that's it. Wow. I'm so happy about that. Uh, but I'm when you find those buddy. things, you got your new thing, man. Yeah. I'm excited about that. So here's my negative, my bad. Uh, and this happens about once a month, but today was pretty egregious. I go out and I take Bella to school and we notice that somebody has added garbage to our garbage. And we've seen oh, it before. Wow. And now it's a big box. And so I take Bella to school. I come back and I look and I'm like, if it's a big box, it's a, it's got a shipping label on it. What well, has John and Pat, my next door neighbor's address, but it's got the name Monica Salazar. Mm. Okay. John and Pat Innes look nothing like Monica Salazar. <laughs> the new people across the street. And it's diet stuff. It's all this like it's mm. like a, it's like a welcome to our fitness package diet program. And it's got powders and shakes and everything else. And it's all opened, but all the, containers are not open and then there's just a bag of garbage and i'm like all right whatever and i just shove it over by my garbage so later on today the garbage gets taken they don't take the box or the bag is on top of it because it was kind of too close to my recycle bin so i come back and i look at the label again and i'm like that's weird and so i'm taking the stuff apart you know i'm just looking i got a big contractor bag now because now i'm just going to take it to the dumpster at the church (laughs) and i'm looking at all this stuff and so it's so convenient they get like right i'm putting away somebody else's garbage and, and, and why? Right. Why? You, we're, we're all on the same street. Same garbage day. Right. Right. So at the very bottom of it is a BMI, uh, whatever, digital scale. Right. Well, that's Keep in that. my house right now. Yeah. yeah that's not a problem. Keep that. 
But then I look at the bag of garbage and I go, hmm, it's Mountain Dew and it's pop and chips and everything else. But then I notice, <laughs> non I mean, and it's in a clear bag, so I'm not like yeah. sorting through it. Yeah. And so I turn the bag upside down. There's a letter with the address 11529. I ask you, who lives at 11529? But the gypsies. Uh-huh. And so just like it's a movie, I stand up. I got the bag of garbage in my hand. I walk two doors up. I face their house in case they have a ring cam. I stare at it, throw the garbage bag right back into their driveway. My man. And as I turned, the car in front of the gypsies, all this packing straw is right next to the car that ironically huh. matched the packing stuff in the garbage that was in Why front of my house. Why are you throwing that away? Who's Monica Salazar? Why do you throw it? So you stole the package, you opened it up, and you went, crap, I don't want this. Uh, but I don't want to have the stolen stuff in front of my like house. A, like a porch pirate kind of situation. But why is it to John and Pat's house? That doesn't make any sense either. But you know John and Pat. I do. So I have two options. You can tell them. Three options. One, uh. do nothing. Two, on there's a return address. It's a place on Plum Industrial Drive. Okay. With a phone number. So I can call them and say, hey, uh, blah, 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 blah. And or call John and say, John. Um, you know, Monica Salazar, like John and Pat are always home. They're retired. They never leave. So any package that got delivered to their house, they would have gotten. Right. But the thing that makes it the most negative is now I got to think about all this. Mm, Now I got to have a conversation with a 79 year old man and tell him what a Monica Salazar is. Now we really got to set up those cameras. Oh, we could pull another caper. I feel like there's a caper in here somewhere. to hide out in the car. The gypsies are an eternal mystery. They are very much so. Mm. The last time we had really, 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 really heavy rain. Before it went into ice, like mm-hmm. not too, like a week ago or whatever it was, I'm watching disc golf. It's like one in the morning, finishing my dinner, like you do. Mm-hmm. And I hear this blaring music, and I'm like, "Oh, Jared!" And I'm like, "That's not heavy rap." And so I look, and I'm like, "That's well, coming from the gypsies." And then it kind of gets quieter, and like Rachel's asleep, Bella's asleep, and then it gets louder again. And I notice Mario, not Mario, Jason, walk up the stairs. The kid who's always in shorts with uh, the winter, anyhow. Mm-hmm. And so then it gets loud again. I throw on my raincoat, one fifteen in the morning. Oh I walk gosh. out and I said, Jason. He goes, Hey, Mr. J. I was like, <laughs> You have to turn it how down. How old is this kid? You gotta appreciate how polite he is. He's very polite. He is. Six. I don't oh know. my gosh, man. And I said, What are you doing? He goes, Oh, we're about to go to Sheets. I said, Turn the radio down. He goes, Well, I had to start the car, but I don't know how to turn the radio down. I said, Turn the radio. They sent a six-year-old kid out to start their car at one fifteen in the morning. To go to Sheets. Oh, gosh. So, but that was, I'm getting, you know, by me staring at them and throwing the garbage back onto their property. Oh, man. So, yeah, yeah we're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. Child yeah. wine. It's coming soon. Yeah. Now, I'm glad we've recorded this, though, because I was worried, like, they would know it was me. Right. Because they're always listening to self-help podcasts. Right. <laughs> so, the good thing clear. is. Clear. Clear. I had lunch today with Brett Hammond. Brett Hammond is the son of Tom Hammond, who is one of the first people who trained me in young life. No D on the end of that. Hammond. Okay. Hammond. Got it. Hammond. No Which D. is actually is people commonly will say Hammond, H-A-M-M-O-N. And then I'm like, D. Because they don't hear the D <laughs> over the phone. give them the D. So, they... Uh, so Tom was first person to train me in Young Life. He was a vice president of Young Life. He was in charge of Europe, or Scandinavia, England and whatever else salt of the earth one of the greatest men i've ever met and we had lunch a little while ago and he was like hey you know brett's in town my son he's living here now and he has great fond memories of you and i was like i'm not sure why like, we've met a few times <laughs> it's fine but that's kind of weird 
I got bumped off our live feed. Anyhow. Yeah. Are we all right? I think so. So it just says, me. It says live. All right. Keep going. We're still, so, we're still recording. Brett's, I'll make a very long story short. We had lunch at D's Six Pack and Subs in Region Square because I want to support those businesses that now have half of their uh, traffic cut mm-hmm. off by the bridge. I don't know if anybody oh, heard, yeah, but a right. bridge fell in Pittsburgh. Right. It wasn't really in the news. So, <laughs> but it was just, it was, un- and I said to him, I'm so excited to have lunch with you because I have no reason. Like we have no agenda. There's nothing. We're just like, I don't know. Let's have right. lunch. And at the very, very end, he said something about how, you know, nobody even takes into account your emotional needs. And I said, did you just say <laughs> emotional needs? And I went off for like five minutes and he, you like, he was just so moved and he was sort of like, somebody else cares about this. And so he, That's cool. I mentioned the podcast and he, I showed him a picture. He's like, can you send me that picture? Cause I want to renovate my room. And he, you know, so it was just an un- unbelievably good time. Yeah. And, uh, D six pack and subs was good. My food is I bought a 2.5 pound, uh, elk tenderloin hmm. with a gift card that Jan and Hunter gave me for Christmas down at Pittsburgh meats. So I bought a $60 tenderloin. Haven't cooked it yet. Elk tastes like chicken. No, it's like a very beautiful light beef. More like deer. So that is that story. But the other good thing is that sitting to my right, as you are looking at this feed to your left, is Leah Llewellyn. Leah, uh, before we get into who you are and everything else, do you want to share a good, a bad, and a food? Sure. Um, My food, I'll go with food first. It's always going to since I met Jay Mitlow, mm-hmm. I found my new favorite food. Mm-hmm. So he makes cream spinach with this bacon in it, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. And every time I come over, I like have to get some. So that'll always, every time, if I'm on this podcast again, it's always going to be the cream spinach. I thought you were going to say Tuesday night chicken because. Well, it's, that's amazing too. Last night it was actually really good, like a lot. Not that it's never bad. Not that it's ever bad, but mm-hmm. get it, it was get it. it was really good last night. But the cream spinach with bacon. I've yet yeah. to have yeah, that. It's so good. Yeah. I need did to, I need didn't to try you do that it. on vacation? Or what did you do on vacation? Didn't you do the cream spinach That's on where vacation? I started it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got a lot better at it. All right. So cream spinach. Um, she starts with her food. She doesn't care. She <laughs> moves <laughs> right in. That's right. It's Leah's world. Uh, okay. Good. I have so many. One that's being awesome. that I'm here right now. Yeah, that's um, good. Another being that... My roommate is so awesome, and I've just met, like, my best friend in the world. Aw. That is great. So, We're fans. Yep. Yeah. I mean, how could you not be? Mm-hmm. So, building this- Be anti-Swiss. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Anti-ginger. <laughs> true. It's barely- So many things. It's amazing. Anyone likes her. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been, like, so awesome building a bond <clears throat> with her. Um, in a short amount of time. Yeah. Like, we met in, like, November, and we are, like, soul sisters now. I just never expected to, expected expected it to go this well, but it's like mm-hmm. gone so much better than I could have ever imagined. That's and, awesome, and it's great to watch the two of you because it's not it's not like college roommates, you know, like we're best friends, right? And then you know, two weeks later, you're you know talking about each other behind your back, like you guys just have a nice, beautiful, complimentary relationship. Yeah. And then I was the number one salesperson at my job Whoa. this yeah, week. You were. Nice. <laughs> So that's kind of cool. That Where is, is that? Awesome. I work at Lens Crafters. I sell glasses. In Monroeville? Yes. Wow. Behind them all. So if you want to stop in, <laughs> you want to ask for Miss Leah. Yes, that's right. you do. Not the warden. <laughs> you could no. also ask for, for Laura. Yeah, you could ask for Laura too. <laughs> 
um, a bad, um, just family health, I guess. My uncle has some diabetes issues with his feet. He had to go undergo emergency surgery, so he's in the ICU right now. But like, are they talking amputation or? Well, if he didn't get treated, then it would have mm. turned into that. But uh, that's terrible. But he had the surgery last week. Last night. Oh. You, yeah. Didn't you say last week he had to? Oh, it was just that he had to have. Yeah, like it, it had to be like. Okay, well, that's good. As soon as possible. Because I thought he had the surgery last week and he went into ICU no. today, which is yeah, not no. the progression you want after no. surgery. Right. So but because he had now. the surgery, he's in the ICU, but it's pretty much precautionary. Yes. Well, that's. So it's scary, but he's doing good. Like he's right. doing a lot better. Like he's not scared anymore, which is good. Yeah. So. But that still throws the whole family into a tizzy. Yeah, definitely. And that's a big deal. Yeah. And that's a good place to start. Leah, as we said in the intro, came into our lives <laughs> like a storm last January uh, with Joe having kept his desire to have this young lady be his girlfriend from me until he almost lost her before they even started dating. <laughs> and that was how it all started. He was like, I effed up, dad. I really effed up. He said effed. He didn't say the word. Right. And I was like. He got arrested. He got a girl <laughs> pregnant. He did whatever. And it was no, he clumpily managed to finally almost ask Leah out or agree to her. And then she had to do the scary thing and come meet his father, the pastor, and the pastor's wife. And we are exactly what she thought. Mm hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> and then she had to get to know all these people that uh, this pastor guy calls his friends mm -hmm. that so does her boyfriend, which is weird that your no. boyfriend has 35-year-old friends. Maybe it was at first, but now like, well, yeah, no. now you guys are my friends, too. So. <laughs> You're like, makes perfect sense. What are you talking about? 30, 35. Wow. That's, that's generous. Thanks. <laughs> what are you, Eric? 39. Oh. How about that? Time, gets away, that. time gets away from what are you. Me. 45 almost. 44. Ah, look at that. I'm a good guy. But it's not about me. It's about Leah. Leah, just let everybody know just a little bit where you're from, what's your story, how'd you grow up, you know, just bullet points, go down any rabbit holes you want. All right. Um, I'll start off with my experience with school. Throughout my whole life, I was always cyber schooled. Um, what school district? Agora. Oh, but Penn Hills. <laughs> like, I, live in, I lived in Penn Hills, but I went to Agora, which is like... Kind of like a back alley cyber that, school. Wait, that's literally the name of it? Yeah. Wait, I'm having a mind-blowing moment. Right I know, here I know. Because of the agoraphobia. Yeah. Yes! Yeah. It was literally called Agora. Yeah, Agora Charter w which, Cyber School. So you never really were afraid of going out. You were afraid of your elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was middle and high school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so did you do elementary school in the Penhill school system or? or... I did. Oh, okay. Um, but I struggled with a lot of anxiety growing up. Oh. And... Speaking of agoraphobia, I started cyber school because in first grade, like, I didn't know it was agoraphobia then, but I couldn't get out of the car. Like, my mom would take me to school, and as soon as we, like, parked, she'd be like, all right, you have to go into school now, and I would just, like, freak out and panic, and, like, it was just this whole big thing. So, now, now looking back at that, I see, like, oh, this makes sense. Like, there's a diagnosis for this. So, I mean, that's just kind of interesting. So, as a <laughs> six-year-old in first grade. Mm-hmm. Can you remember, like how, like what you were feeling? Yeah, or was it just straight um, panic? I would find every reason to not go. So, like if I had the wrong pair of earrings in, I would cry and scream and say, "Mom, like I can't go." Hmm. Or like this was first grade. Yeah, uh, if I didn't like, 
it was a lot of like OCD too. It was like if my stomach didn't wasn't like satisfied with the food that I just ate, like I would think like oh, I can't go to school. Like everything was just like it just led to I can't go to school. Hmm. Like if if I go to school, like something bad's gonna happen. Was there something that hmm. happened at school or on the way to school that like um, triggered that or no? It was just a part of who I sure. was as a young girl. Mm-hmm. I was just scared of everything. Um, but then, like, I grew up and... Wait, I want to go backwards one step to that. So your first emotion in regards to all that is, you know, the panic, the everything mm-hmm. else. But did you have, like, you know, here's your mom telling you, you got to go, you got to go. Like, was there, like, a shame? Was there a loneliness? Was there a... And, or was it just, it's all fear? Well, my mom during that time was actually, like, she just felt for me. And she was like... I can't see my daughter go through this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take her home. So she took me home so every yeah. morning. Like, she would drive me there, see that I couldn't go, and then she would take me home. <laughs> yeah. So, and then she decided, like, okay, we're going to put her in cyber school. Like, right. that's obviously what we have to do if she can't leave. Mm-hmm. So. Then? Then, um, you know, I kind of grew up and grew out of it. Like, I made some friends. Um and then there was a point where I was like really happy with my life a couple years ago. And well, one... that was a fast forward. You went 10 years. Well, yeah. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll backtrack a little bit, but it kind of like all connects. Sure. Um, it's your story. Whenever I was doing really good, like I love my job. I had great friends. Everything in my life was great. And I was social. Like I just woke up one morning with like the most intense panic attack I've ever had in my life. And I became agoraphobic again mm. from the beginning of 2019 to the end so for like wow. 10 months i didn't leave yeah. your house my house well, crazy and then COVID hit yeah <laughs> crazy so Jeez. whenever people have agoraphobia it's often like they find a safe space and it's usually like a house but for me like mine was my bedroom mm. like i it was hard for me to leave my bedroom like i just like wow. couldn't yeah what ha- like what did it feel like when you would venture out um Every time I would go towards my front door, like to leave my house, I'd be like, oh, wait, I have to throw up. Like, I, I can't wow. go. Yeah. And at first, I didn't know that it was agoraphobia. So I was just like, wait, I'm going to go to the hospital. Like, they'll tell me what's killing me because, like, it was just so overbearing. Um, so Did I you went, ever go to the hospital? Yeah. The only time I was able to really leave the house was if I was going to the hospital. And there were many hospital trips back and forth. Just every time it was the same thing, like... You're just having anxiety. Like, this is just anxiety. But, like, I knew, like, obviously it wasn't true, but I knew deep down, like, no, there's something else. Like, and that was just my mind, like, telling me, like, yeah, you're going to die of something. But it was just, like. And it just came on in 2019 after years of, you know, being pretty cool with living life. Yeah. It just, boom, hit you Mm -hmm. one day. Yeah. Huh. So I feel like for people who have agoraphobia it's usually directly after something traumatic happens to you but for me like it was just a buildup of like trauma (laughs) of a whole lot of bad things yeah and it was just Mm. hit me out of nowhere and like even today like my life has never been the same but like i always wondered like why did that happen to me like why why did like what what was i supposed to learn from that but like i kind of see now like oh look at where i am like and Mm. i have to put that into account and how'd you get out of it in 2019 um i kind of like i had some support um it nothing like really notable i kind of just i also blocked a lot of it out in my mind but i would just like 
take steps and I would go like this far one day. Like I would leave my house and go this far one day. And then um, I had a friend who was like, okay, today you're going to go to my house with me. It's my birthday and I want you to come to my house. Like you need to get out of this house. And I was like, all right, so I'm pacing back and forth in my mm. room. Like I, I can't, like I don't know if I can do this, but I was like, wait, it, this is my best friend. It's her birthday. Like I kind of need to do this. So I did it. And it wasn't that bad. Like, of course, I had a panic attack. Yeah. But, like, I got through it. And I stayed at her house for, like, 15 minutes. And then I left. And mm-hmm. then after that, I just did that, like, a couple of times a week. I would just go somewhere for, like, a half an hour, come home. Like, just to get out of the space a little bit. So baby steps. And then yeah. Until you could walk in there. So it's like a self-diagnosed exposure therapy. Right. Exactly. Just more and more. Yeah. Wow. That is wow. And then? And then, um, I mean, that's really, like, I feel like agoraphobia is always going to stick with me. Like, sometimes there's still days where I'm just like, if I leave, like, this house or this apartment now, like, something bad is going to happen. Like, I don't know what it is. But, so like, you get bouts of it. it, it yeah, it, definitely. It taps you on the shoulder from time to time. Yeah, and I Ugh. think that's still always going to be with me, but, like, I'm fine with it. Like, it's not like... I don't let it hold me back. It's I not still, paralyzing. It's just anymore. another little devil on your shoulder that right. every once in a while says, hey. Right. And mm. I always I always walk through the front door now. Mm. And you don't give it more power than it actually has. Like, okay, yeah, I don't feel good. I'm not going to give in. You know, I, I might exactly. hang out here today, but yeah. not tomorrow. But right. then I, I also value like those days that I could just like stay home. But I don't. Well, that's normal. Yeah. Everybody, everybody enjoys Nine that. months. Less so. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy and you said there wasn't any significant moment you know <laughs> go ahead Bef- be, uh, like I don't, I don't know if you were going to move on but before we do move on what would you say to people right now that are dealing with agoraphobia or even just i mean covid, loved one. COVID obviously has wrecked a lot of people and, and you know people just don't want to leave their house anymore mm-hmm. and so that might not be agoraphobia but it, it might there might be you know hey i've just become comfortable in my house and oh the world is scary what would you say to those because you've you know you have kind of overcome that pr- pretty much on your own what would you say to that person that is you know kind of terrified of walking out their front door um i would probably say that you're going through this for a reason and you, you're not going to know it right now mm-hmm. <laughs> but one day like you'll you'll need what you're learning right now and to always trust god and don't turn your back on him mm-hmm. what would you say to somebody who has somebody in their life like that like, how do you, you've told a story of your dad. Mm-hmm. Is that the first time or the second time when he would walk with you? Um, would like whenever I was younger or like, I don't know. The you, most you've recent. told the story of your dad walking with you around the yeah. perimeter of your house. That was the like couple years ago okay. in 2019. He, he would just be like, Leah, like you just, you need to go outside. Like, so like we would just walk around my backyard and that was like a big first step for me. Cause it was out of my bedroom, out of my house, but like also in a gate. You know, like I was still gaining. There was a perimeter. Yeah, right. Um, Hmm. I feel like that helped a lot. Like, of course. Could use more of that. Yeah, it looks like a small, like, thing. Doesn't look like it would benefit somebody so much, but it definitely did. Um, it's cur- you're taking courage every time you do that. You're, yeah. you're becoming, you know, you're struggling out of the, the cocoon, so to speak, every time you do that. Because if you don't do that, I mean, there's no way you get out of that, right? Did you ever have, like, the person in your life that, like, 
was your go-to person in getting you out of that? Yeah, like the comfort person. Yeah, yeah, that I you did. could go anywhere with, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I had, um, I had like two, but then like on the days like they were busy, <laughs> I was just right. like, yeah, oh, I was so dependent on mm-hmm. these people, and it was like sickening mm. to the point where like my one of my best friends um, was like my comfort person. And it got to the point where I was so dependent on her that she was like, you know what? I can't take this. Mm, I'm out. Yeah. So oh. that. So did that leave you feeling alone and abandoned or how did you cope with that? Because, I mean, I'm sure that that had some um, repercussions in you emotionally. Yeah. I mean, it made me feel extremely alone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I was alone from what I knew. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. N- nobody, you know, I, I hang <laughs> hang my hat on. I take great pride in hearing that story of your dad and him taking the time to do that. And nobody's got perfect parents. We get that. And as parents, three of us sitting in the room, you know, I like to think we're pretty good parents. And we all know when we say and do things, we go, that's going to leave a mark. There's a lot going on Ethan's letter. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot going on that therapeutic letter for each of our, our kids. But Leah, you've, I would love for you as much as you're comfortable, you know, just sort of share some of the struggles you've had growing up and, and, and sort of, the, for lack of a better term, the marks that left on you. Yeah. Because, um, and, and again, you know, I've met your mom. You've shielded me to this point <laughs> from your father. Yeah. But And I will continue to do so. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I don't, actually. But that's <laughs> fine because I would love to meet him. Absolutely love to meet him. And I know you would die twice. I would. <laughs> but uh, your mom's a lot of fun and super loving and super caring. And like I said, no parent's perfect. No parents the worst, but you had some struggles growing up. And how, yeah. could you share just a little bit of that? Yeah. Um, my dad, uh, it kind of just all starts there. Like I've watched him almost die so many times. No, what do you mean by that? So uh, I believe this was 2017. Um, I like came back from, I was out with my mom. Like he, so my dad was home alone and we came back from somewhere. We were out for a couple of hours and we walked up like the stairs into the kitchen and there was just blood all over the floor. Whoa. Sorry, this is going to get a little. It's fine. <laughs> there was just blood all over the floor. And I walked up first and I was, I think, 16 or 15, I think. And so I just see all this blood. And my first thought is like, my dog just killed my cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, oh, and that, when that's like, when that would have been better. Yeah. Right. But then, um, I was like, wait. And I screamed my dad's name Ugh. and I didn't hear him. And I just ran. And it was just me at this point. Like nobody had gotten up the stairs yet. So I run into my dad's room and I just see him laying in the bed, blood everywhere. Whoa. His head is like, it looks like he got, like there's a golf ball times three on his head and it's just gushing blood. Wow. And I'm just like, dad, like, are you okay? Like, I mean, obviously he can't, he was unresponsive. Um, and obviously you're not a nurse. Right. <laughs> but he, he looked at me and um, so that was really hard. And still living at my parents' house was really hard after that because still to this day, every time I walk past that room, mm-hmm. I see that image, yeah. especially whenever he's laying in the same exact spot, oh, right. relaxing. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't get out of my head. Yeah. And so, so that day he had had a stroke. He had had a stroke and, um, and so he fell and hit his head. Yeah, but it was more than a stroke. It was also like after the stroke, he had a seizure. Um, but I don't know. He says that he like 
passed out by the stairs and his arm was like shaking like trembling a lot i guess that happens like with like a i'm not sure like a tremor or something sure part of a seizure yeah um but then he collapsed and he's he thinks like the angels brought him to his bed because he has no memory of that so i mean yeah that's what he says at 15 years old that's what you come yeah and and it was i just remember like this like his bedroom is right across from the bathroom and i just remember like just seeing it and like backing walking back into uh the bathroom and falling in the shower Mm. and just like i'm so thankful that i had my friends there at that time with me but they had to see that too yeah wow like two of my best friends were just like laying in the shower with me like Mm. while i was hyperventilating because i just saw my dad like Mm -hmm. half dead right and that kind of started a lot of like blocking out for me like Uh, i was gonna ask you were you able to compartmentalize things well that night um he was put in the hospital obviously he was put in the hospital my mom called me and said like he's not gonna make it Hmm. so wow yeah and at that time i was friends with some pretty bad people and that night i i think i my uncle like gave me a bunch of money he was like here you need to go to your friend's house and stay there for like until some we know something about your dad so we went there and these people were pretty bad and they were just like hey like do you want to like do something to get your mind off of this Mm -hmm. like you know like take something and i was like you know what yeah Mm-hmm. And that like started so much mm-hmm. just in my journey of like just hanging out with really bad people and doing really bad things. Mm-hmm. So, wow, yeah. But see what all of it breaks my heart. Okay, mm-hmm. one, your mom says uh, your dad's probably going to die. All right, I'm going to go. Oh, okay, what am I yeah. supposed to do with that? Right. And your uncle says, "Here's money. Go away." Hmm. Right. You know, and and you've shared with me, and I don't want to blow up, you know, anything you've shared with me in confidence, but I think we've talked about it, that, you know, there was a time in your life where you went to Florida Mm -hmm. to go live with your aunt for a month. Yeah. Because the family had some things going on. Right. And you shared with me another time where your sister was mean to you. Hold on. This specific time where your sister was mean to you (laughs) because you've said she's been kind of mean off and on. Right. But like, it was almost dangerous. Like you were four and she was six or something like that. Yeah. She was like, she threw a snow globe at my head. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Not a snowball. (laughs) No, I got it. It's a big difference. I used to collect them when I was a kid. I know what they are. Right. (laughs) They are not light. And they said that you might have to go to Florida then so they could work on your sister. Right. And what breaks my heart each time is, Hey, something traumatic has happened. You have to go away. Go away. (laughs) Right. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, and so that's like, that's one of those sneaky, subtle things that happen in life that, yeah. you're, that you don't, it's not obvious. Like your, your mother has never done this, but like if your mother slaps you in the face every morning and says, wake up, you're like, I hate it when my mother slaps me in the face. Okay. I got that. Yeah. But like, how come every time there's trauma, I have to go away? Right. What, what, is it about? Those, what is it about me? What am I doing to cause the trauma? Right. And and, what, and there's that. And But on the other side of the, the aisle is, then this is what happens as parents, that your parents probably thought, and your uncle probably thought that they're doing the right thing. Oh, sure. Right. You to know, like, right, to protect yeah. you. But exa- like, but it's the exact opposite. Like, like, in hindsight, like, I'd imagine you would rather have stayed with your uncle or your uncle stay with you and like yeah, help and take care of you. I was just clueless, right. you know, yeah. like right. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that I couldn't be there. Yeah. Wow. 
And so who are you with? Wow. The only people that you are with. So why wouldn't you make bad choices? Right. Right. Exactly. And that right. makes nothing but sense. I do feel like That's I, how it happens. like even with my choice of friends, I never had proper supervision. And that led us to do like a lot of things that mm. we should not have done at our age. And I mean, it was like with my parents too, like I would take a friend over and just go in my bedroom and like they had no idea. Like, and it was like maybe like a checkup like once, hmm. but like, I don't know. And then, um, like, why don't you care enough to make it harder for me to make bad choices? Yeah. Right. And my, and the reality is cause they're just trying to survive. We get it right. Right. again. Not bad people. Everybody, you know, but, but whether or not somebody's trying to do their best, right. Doesn't negate the fact that you didn't get what you needed. Right. That's right. so important for people to understand. Right. Well, one, they sent you away and the other, they left you alone. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> so alone, right. like, Alone times 10. Like, it's crazy. Right. Go ahead. Well, so then, and and what's interesting is you say, you know, you see this trauma, it's the worst thing in the world, and then, you know, nothing bad happened, but then you became, you know, the agoraphobia came back a couple years later. Well, a whole lot of bad happened. Right. And and you almost wonder, like, what was it just sort of cycling in your brain somewhere? And there was something that triggered it to make it come back out. Yeah, which is weird because I never thought of any of my trauma. Like, it it was never something that I, like, think about, like, oh, this happened to me. Like, this really, this makes me anxious. I didn't even experience anxiety up until, like, that panic attack in 2019. But it really is amazing to me how the human mind and the human spirit work. Um, you know, there's a line in the Bible, take every thought captive. And, you know, if you're That'd not be nice, <laughs> if you're not, <laughs> if, but if you're not constantly paying attention to what's going into you, you know, it's just like all of a sudden our computers don't run real well after like three or four years when you've never re you know, booted them or whatever. And I, I, I just, I, I always find it fascinating, like for, for your, your situation, you know, like you're saying, you're just, you're just going by doing, you know, whatever you're doing with your friends thinking you're fine. And then all of a sudden one day it happens. Because you hadn't properly healed from a lot of things. You, you've just, you've just kept the machine going and kept the machine going and you haven't shut certain things down or, or, you know, and, and, and then it just pops. Like all of a sudden one day something just snaps and it triggers this, this agoraphobia that you dealt with for 10 months after that. Yeah. You know, and, and I, so to bring that back to what we do, I just feel like it's fascinating and, and so vital to talk things out, to have some, like, you to know, have somebody join have you, somebody join those- you because, you need to get those things out of your head. You need to under, you need to have other people give you the perspective to say that's not okay or that's not right. You know what I mean? You're worth more. You're worth more. Otherwise, you just something snaps in you. You know. And trauma can be such a a stealth stealth damaging thing that it it just morphs into other places because you know you think about you've had so many different friendships that were great and then weren't. And, right. and you sit there and it's like, well, is it leaking into that? You know, you said, I, I, I never felt trauma or no, I never felt anxiety over that or mm-hmm. felt a bit, you know, but it, but it still hangs out somewhere in our brain. And right. then, and then in a lot of ways you go like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I do this better? Uh, I want to fast forward a little bit to, hmm, should we go backwards or should we go forward? Let's go sideways. Okay. It's another topic. You know, you said, were you able to put it out? Of, I don't either. Erica Bryan, you said, were you able to put it out of your mind or compartmentalize? compartmentalize. And a, uh, a unguarded strength can be a double weakness. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. It's one of my favorite phrases. And I think that's true in your case where you're able to compartmentalize things. Okay. I'm just not going to think about that right now. Right. I'm not going to feel that right now. And yeah. what does that lead to? And what did that lead to with you? 
so for me that led to not feeling anything and mm. that was like a it's, it's i still struggle with that like every single day um just like detaching from everything like i can connect to others more than i can connect to myself mm. which like okay that's a, that's good that i could still, better than not yeah, yeah that's good that i could still connect to others but like whenever it comes to myself like but i'm getting better oh you're getting a lot better like i'm definitely like i notice that every day but at your worst what did that look like just feeling like so out of my body mm. um i always felt out of my body i always felt like i wasn't real or like i was in like a, sh- a show or i don't know my mind would just make everything look distorted and and it was so real mm. like it was that's such a think about what she just said Everything was distorted and it was so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you're so, like, it was so unreal and it was very real. Yeah. Right. And, you know, if you talk to anybody but a psychologist about it, like a teenager and you say like, yeah, like I'm not really in my body right now. They're going to be like, like, what's wrong with you? Right. Yeah. Right. And so it was, it's, it was very hard to talk to my friends about it. And I feel like that's a big reason why I lost like a lot of people that were in my life because they didn't know how to help me Like yeah. on my anxious days or on my days where I just wasn't in my body. They just looked at me like I was crazy mm. and eventually like kind of left. And that's for the better. Like, obviously now I see it was all for a reason, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like my whole life. Like I've been so scared of losing people just because of who I am. Does that bring you to a point where you expect to just lose people or even to a point where you're like, I'm going to push you away? Yeah. Like whenever I started dating Joe, um, it took a long time for, well, not really too long. Like me and Joe connected instantly because I was obsessed with him for a year prior. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a heavy podcast. How did Joe react to that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, He, Joe didn't like me for, he quote didn't like me but he didn't like me for the whole year that i liked him and i mean i liked him from the day that i met him and he just wouldn't blink an eye at me (laughs) (laughs) but do you remember you know why yeah he was i mean he was scared like he thought it was a joke that you didn't he thought they were playing a practical joke that leah would actually there's no way she actually was interested in him right so she's sending all these flirty symbols and having people talk to him and he's like and he's like okay all right okay thanks not gonna get that one over on me right and leah is like i am the worst why doesn't he like me yeah i mean i would honestly i would cry in my bed night after night because i just thought that he just hated me and i would never have a chance but it I I was so patient and I got that chance and you were talking about pushing away. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, we, we started dating and everything was great. And then of course I got in my own head and I was just like, wait, like you're not really here for me. Like you don't really care about me. Of course this was all just in my head, but it was just like, Joe, like, yeah, that's, you, you should just stop it before it ends. Because you've never had that before. Yeah, I've never had a relationship that good before. Yeah. And it scared me away. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, I even like, I was like, you know what? I can't do this. And I, I even like broke things off for a little bit because that's how much it was consuming me. Like, And you, you felt like, I'm going to break it off so that I don't get hurt exactly. later. Okay. I was like, <clears throat> in my mind, I was just like, I'm going to hurt you first. Oh, man. Because I don't want to get hurt. And that was just wow. my mindset. And that, yeah. And of course, like, 
I look back at that and just it breaks my heart that yeah. I did that to him oh. because the relationship that we've built since that point, like whenever we've come back together and just like built this insane bond, like I couldn't imagine hurting him he's, ever. He's a pretty good dude. He is the best. <laughs> <laughs> and he's this, one of the strongest people I know. Yeah. I love Joe. Joe's the best. He's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good boy. He is a good boy. So you continued, you you got out of your agoraphobia, you know, and that was, I mean, three years ago at this point in time, graduate, go to college and you begin to make strides. Talk about the, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot of darkness (laughs) so far, Mm -hmm. but you've done, you have a very significant life event, which has happened in the last two months. Why don't you share a little bit about that? So, um, my house at home, I just couldn't stand to live there anymore. And for the last like five or six months, I was just like, I got to get out. Like I'm 20 years old now. I really got to get out. Like it's time. But I feel like doubt was like really all around me and everybody who I needed to support me other than you people, (laughs) but more so like, like my immediate family Mm -hmm. was just like, no, like it's not time. You can't move out yet. Like you can't, but like. I just, I started to feel so trapped and I was just like, I have to like, there's, but isn't that a great symmetry? You self trapped yourself two years ago in your house. Right. And now you're like, no, it's time to, break to go. Free. Yeah. And, and others are telling you, no, well, you yeah. can't break free. But then before people were telling me, go, like you right. need to go. Wow. Right. That's a brilliant, like That's... things are bad. You got to leave. Okay. No, you can't leave. Stay like what? Yeah. Yeah. It's schizophrenic almost, you know? Right. Right. And so, so what did you do? So I doubted myself for a, like a while too. I was like, oh, I'm not going to have like money for this, but I need to move out. So um, there was like some original plans of moving out, but they kind of fell through. And then I met my current roommate, which means I moved out. Mm-hmm. Um, I met her at work. She instantly like got me the job and... She had, like, made a joke to me saying, like, hey, like, I told her I was, like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to move out. And she was, like, hey, are you looking for a roommate? And I was, like, oh, no, like, I kind of already have one. And then that (laughs) fell through. Mm -hmm. And then, um, like, a month later, that the other roommate fell through. So I texted her and I was, like, are you still looking for a roommate? And within a week, we went and toured an apartment. It happened fast. Within two weeks, we were moved in. Yeah, wow. wow. And, I mean, it's just, like. I definitely had to be more careful with money. And I've, that's something I've been wanting to do. And this kind of forced me to do that. So yeah, there's no greater motivation than having to. Like, you yeah. know, oh, I think it'd be good for me to exercise a little. And then, you know, your your shoulder locks up and you're like, right. I'm going to go to physical therapy because right. I, I, I want to run more. Oh, there's, right. a, there's right. a lion behind me. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you become really good at running. <laughs> right. And when the lion of bankruptcy is right behind you, boy, you go to work and you don't feel like going to work. That's right. Uh, moving out has been the best thing that has ever happened to me other than meeting Joe. Well, even just, you were saying, even just being in your house, you walk past that place where your dad had, you know, the horrible accident and you had that, that trauma. I mean, even just that getting out of that situation. um, And this place is fresh. Yeah. There's no trauma that's happened here yet. Right. Mm. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were just talking about like the style. (laughs) <laughs> that, that used to be a word that That's kids it, in the 80s, in the 80s and 90s yeah. described for me while I roll cool. up my Benetton rugby, <laughs> put no, my Jakar just... on. Hello, fellow teens. <laughs> but Brian, you just touched on it that I think is so essential because, again, her mother and father could feel 
whatever they feel about, oh, did we not provide a good enough home? You know, anything like that. And I haven't talked to either one of them about it. But you and I had some conversations that the trauma you experienced, if it was only that day when you walked in on your dad, if that's the only trauma, and certainly there was more. But if that was the only trauma, the sights, the sounds, and the smells literally trigger hormones in our body Mm -hmm. of saying, hey, this happened. Mm, Hey, do you remember? Like The easiest example like people use is flowers at a funeral home. Mm. If you had a tragic death and you're in a funeral home, you smell those same flowers again, and all of a sudden you feel real bad. You're right back in there. Mm -hmm. Okay, be in the funeral home. Smell those flowers every day and have it be the most traumatic memory of your entire life. And literally, physically, your body changes. Now, when your defense mechanism was, I'm going to detach. Yeah. Well, now you've worked to remove that. Right. Well, now, okay, so everything's even more volatile. Mm -hmm. And so even if your parents are perfect, the sights, the sounds, and the smells of that day, like you said, just staring at your dad in the bed right there. Yeah. Like, with the bed, I have sights of the bed that my dad was laying in. The sounds, like, if I hear, if whenever I lived there, if I would hear, like, something bang on the ground, like, that was instantly, like... Right. Yeah. And then smells, like, it was just the smell of the house. Like, it was my grandmother's house. And, like, so much has happened there. So I kind of associated that smell with bad things. Mm -hmm. Horrific trauma. Yeah. And so now, how is it, like you said, well, you've said it's the best thing that's happened to you outside of Joe and meeting Chris Davidson. Yes. (laughs) So sad he's not here. But, you know, for somebody who can be agoraphobic, for somebody who has anxiety, for somebody who has OCD, you're now living in a scary place that isn't your, that's unfamiliar to you with a person you barely know. Yeah. And yet it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so not scary. And I know her so well now. I guess I think girls just like get to know each other really fast because either that or we just like we're meant to be best friends. Pretty sexist of you there. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) You're right. I'm pretty closed off myself. (laughs) But it's amazing just how taking getting rid of those, for lack of a better term, the stimuli of those Mm -hmm. events. How okay? You know, like are you 100 percent? No. No. You know, are you completely reattached, for lack of a better term? No. No. Far better than you were. Oh yeah. Far better than you were. Big time. And therefore, you're in a much, much healthier place than you were before that. So what I would like to do for just a minute, anything else you want to share? You got us up to date. I love you guys. Oh, we love you too. And you're easy to love. But that's all. That's all. Uh, we want to just go over your emotional needs real quick and look at your highest and your lowest. And I know you already have beef with some of them. <laughs> that's all right. But encouragement is your highest at eight. Did you grow up being encouraged a lot or never getting it? I needed it. I didn't get it. Mm. And that's very often with emotional needs. You either always had it or you never got it. And so you did not get it. And for those who are listening, you know, there's the top 10 emotional needs. You have some level of need for it. And for her, she got eight out of 10. And that is basically saying, I believe in you. You can do it. Everything else. Next is belonging or approval. And that is the need to be a part of something. Yeah. Was that something you had a lot growing up? No. Even with friends? I mean, maybe in like my early teenage years, yes, but like not a good friend group. Right. And mm -hmm. and it never ended well. Yeah, never. No group that I've been in has ever ended well. Yeah, that would lead you with a big need. Yeah. I, I mean, if you have a need. You know, cause because I love you could also be perfectly fine with that, yeah. Yeah. but you're not. And right. 
like I love like since I've met you guys and joined like your group like it's what I look forward to like waking up in the morning like if we're gonna do something in the weekend or like go on vacation or something it's just like mm. I actually have these people and like it actually like they're so good for me and like they're not gonna do anything mean to me or like they're not gonna leave me if I'm like upset about something mm. so that's like it's so important that I have this and not even that I just have like this approval but it's with you people like mm-hmm. you're not just regular people we are <laughs> what do you mean by that well i mean i just i think you guys like you are not the people that i would i would have spent time with i would have spent time with like bad the the cool people (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah i mean obviously the average 20 year old college student working at lens crafters with a jet setting roommate is not saying, Hey, this weekend, do you want to hang out with uh, a 50 year old and some 40 year olds who are successful and have families, 39, you know, have a child my age (laughs) that I'm dating. (laughs) So yeah, I get that as well. Um, And what I want to say very quickly is, you know, for everybody who sits here at the table with us, and I mean that literally with Leah right now, but I mean that figuratively with the people who are on Facebook and who download this later, you know, it's not Eric J. Chris Bryan. You know, that's th- this is who we are collectively hanging out, having lunchtime in Rome. And that's true of all of you. Like, we're all that group because we care about people that way. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Support negative three. That is, let me help you do this. So I like, so my thing is I like to try to get it done by myself first. Mm-hmm. But then I'll oftentimes find that oh, I need help. So then I'll accept the help. But like, but you're I, not happy about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thankful, but I wish, I wish that I was more confident in myself to do are, it myself. Are you more sense. likely to ask for help or ask somebody else to do it? I'm more likely ask for help, but then make them do it. <laughs> <laughs> like Joe with my math homework. <laughs> like, can you help me with this? And then he ends up doing the whole and you're thing. Like, and you're in another room. You're like, <laughs> exactly. Honey, I'll go make you a sandwich. I'll be right back. <laughs> Good. Anything else, boys? I don't. I don't. That was amazing. That was an amazing story. Yeah. Great. Thank you. You are a an unbelievable success story, and it's your story's not being done, being written yet. Yeah. And I'm very proud. Of it. I'm so glad you're part of our group. Me too. Thank I, you I, for welcoming me. I I am so glad about the progress that you've made in just the short time that I've gotten to know you. Mm. The health that you've been able to gain. Um, it's, and, and it's, it hasn't come just out of nowhere. Like you've worked for a lot of it. You've worked hard on yourself. Um, yes, you've had people speaking into you, but, um, you know, I think so much credit goes to you, like going back to the agoraphobia, taking those baby steps and then starting to be able to walk and then, and then running again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, the, Cause it would be real easy for you just to sit on the couch or sit in your room and never go anywhere and do anything. You know, you, you haven't handicapped yourself. Right. You've allowed yourself to, to fly. And yeah. you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's been really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you that you've all played a huge part in it. So thank you. You're worth it. And that's it for episode 144. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinroom.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome.
see you next week bye see ya bye <laughs> no his chest is nowhere near that I thought you were going to say push up bra and then I had some other questions <laughs> over you the phone give him the D I am the worst why doesn't he like me pretty sexist of you there elk tastes like chicken <laughs>